My guest this week is Pete Walter, one-time TV producer, now a media consultant who recently set up his own marketing services company. We talk about how Pete set up BuzzRamp and the challenges he faced and how his subscription model works and differs from traditional marketing agencies. Welcome to episode 178 of the Marketing and Finance Podcast. This is the podcast for ideas and inspiration on marketing your business and growing your business and for discussing topics on all things finance. I'm Roger Edwards, a marketing guy and keynote speaker from Edinburgh. Talk to me if you want to cut the BS and the complexity from your marketing strategy. Hey folks, and welcome to the Marketing and Finance Podcast. However you listen to the show, whether you download it, whether you stream it, I really do appreciate you taking the time to plugging me and my guests into your earphones. Let's get straight into this week's interview. It's a belter. I'm talking to Pete Walter about the company he set up called BuzzRamp. We chat about what a TV producer does how to deal with difficult media questions, why Pete decided to launch a marketing business, how Pete's company helps small businesses, where it fits in with other marketing agency solutions, and the biggest challenge Pete faced setting up BuzzRamp. So let's get straight into that interview with Pete right here on the Marketing and Finance Podcast. Pete Walter, welcome to the Marketing and Finance Podcast. Hi, Roger. Thanks very much for having me. Where are we Skyping each other from today? I'm in Edinburgh, as always. Lovely Edinburgh. Um, is it the Athens of the North, they call it? I can't, I'm not sure. But um, I'm from definitely not the Athens of the South. I'm from Hackney Wick, uh, which is very close to um, Stratford of 2012 Olympics fame. And I'm, I'm looking at the Olympic Stadium through the window of the, the co-working space that I work from. Fantastic. Yeah, they do describe Edinburgh as the Athens of the North. I think somebody said recently that it had been voted the second best city to live in in the world. So I'm actually quite proud to be here. And I have been to Hackney Wick as well, and actually quite (laughs) recently. So yes, we do have uh, venues in common. Pete, you've got a fascinating story to tell. You've been a BBC TV producer. In fact, you've worked for quite a few TV channels, producing politics shows, comedies. You've even been producing a daytime detective series. So certainly like to explore a little bit of that background. But more recently, you've you've jumped out of TV and and you've started a, a sort of marketing company, helping people produce content and helping people produce stuff. And it's almost like based on a subscription service. So again, really interested to find out a bit about that. But before we dive into those subjects, maybe give the the listeners of the Marketing Finance Podcast, a little bit of background about yourself, where you come from, where, you, where your careers develop from, where you're going, and basically what makes Pete Walter tick. I was uh, born in Kingston-upon-Thames, a good home counties boy, and um, I uh, left university with a great ambition to um, write a book and become an author and also start a, um, a business uh, offering nightclub evenings to the under 16s. I tried both of those and failed within uh, six months. And then I was like, 
right, what do I do? I managed to land a job very luckily in television. And as a result, then stayed in TV for about 10 years, working my way up from being a runner, which is, you know, getting everybody sandwiches and, and drinks right through to um, producing shows, as you uh, kindly mentioned in the introduction, including that detective uh, drama where one of the jobs was casting dead bodies, which was always um, uh, a bit of an interesting afternoon's work. I discovered that I was moving around from different genres um, in television. Uh, I've worked on politics shows, comedy shows, uh, uh, drama shows, as, as you said. And I think um, I realized that was because I didn't ultimately like television that much as a, as a place to work. Um, and so I thought I need to perhaps go back to what my, my passions are. So um, I then uh, spent a bit of time um, trying to be a singer-songwriter. Music has always been a great love of mine. And during that time, I, I set up um, some things to try and help that, like a, a cabaret event in London, mm -hmm. um, which was an enormous success in the sense that I met my wife there. <laughs> so I'm very glad that that came out of it. And that was all great fun. I just thought after a while, it's perhaps a little bit... Um, you know, maybe I'm not really good enough to be uh, a, a singer-songwriter um, and in that tremendously competitive world, you do need to have a, a, a slice of luck as well as a huge amount of talent. And perhaps the second uh, was lacking on my, my part. <laughs> and so um, I kind of then became a media trainer and right. I, I still run a media training business actually, which is coaching people how to perform better on television and radio. Mm -hmm. So better put in a decent performance today. Otherwise, it's not a very good advert for my business. But I, I regularly go around the country helping executives to kind of simplify their message and get a better message across and, and not be so concerned um, when they're in front of a microphone or in front of a television camera. And it was kind of through that that I, I sort of subsequently have, have come into the, the marketing and, and PR side of things. I could tell you a bit more about that later, I'm sure. But in, in terms of what, what makes me tick, you can tell that I've tried a lot of different things and I get very excited about ideas and uh, making ideas happen. And I think that that is ultimately what drives me. There's lots and lots of interesting stuff um, that I, I could probably spend quite a lot of time digging into that you've just said there, Pete. I mean, one of the things that strikes me is that I've never had a TV producer on the show before. And sometimes I, I guess we, we bandy about these terms like producer and director and I don't know, best boy and key grips and things like that. And a, a TV producer is, is that like the overall boss of the show? Is that you're almost like the show manager? Is that how it works? Essentially, yeah. I mean, it does depend on um, the production, but essentially you're the project manager right. uh, for the show. And um, a producer is usually in charge of one episode. And then you might have a series producer above them who is sort of more in charge of the entire arc of the series or the arc of the show. But yeah, you're, you're usually in charge of, of, of one episode and, and making sure that everything happens within it, which I think really kind of uh, play to my strengths as someone that has a, a lot of interest in a lot of things. Uh, so, you know, you, you dip your toe into uh, the production, the script writing, uh, sometimes the casting. You, you really get a feel for bringing the whole project together. 
Yeah, and the other thing you said, and and that res- which resonated with me was also the helping companies to keep messages simple. And and everybody who listens to the marketing and finance podcast, all hundred and seventy odd episodes of it, will know that I have spent my career trying to help people keep things simple. And and it just reminded me that once upon a time I had to hire somebody like yourself because I. W- was asked to go onto um, it was actually the ITV equivalent of Watchdog, and I'm struggling to remember what it was called now. It was called something like We Can Work It Out. This was about right. 15 years ago, and the company I was working for at the time had screwed up monumentally, and I was chosen as the one who was going to go on the television and basically take the bollocking in front of <laughs> seven seven million people. So I did spend a weekend with with somebody like yourself, being um, effectively trained how to deal with the interview, and Ooh. unfortunately it was wasn't Anne Robinson because it wasn't the BBC, but I did know that every time I opened my mouth, they they wouldn't let me get a word in edgeways anyway. So it was almost like a, a, a you know just deal with it as best you could. But it's quite interesting, isn't it, to try and give people. I think if I remember back, the guy was called John Stoneborough, I think, and he said to me, you know, you just got to have three messages. And those three messages, you just keep repeating them. However much they try to get you off script or off track, just keep going back to those three simple key messages. And it actually worked really well. And I got through the interview without uh, too much uh, problems in the end. Well done. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. It's, it's all about, um, I mean, even if you get one of those messages through, you're yeah. doing extremely well. The whole trick is about how to turn any question that you're you're asked into an answer where you can express one of those messages yes. um, and do it in a kind of elegant way that doesn't sound like you're avoiding the question, which takes a bit of practice and a bit of getting used to, but it's actually a very useful life skill um, because most of the time in conversations at work and dare I say it at home, um, sometimes you're trying to avoid certain topics and get your side of the story across. So it's a nice thing to practice. It did make me feel a little bit nervous because although I performed well and and I've still got the TV programme on a VHS tape somewhere, which is very useful because I haven't got a VHS player to play it on but I can remember thinking a little bit like I'm I'm just like a politician here every time they ask me a question I answer a different one but I guess yeah. that's the whole point isn't it yeah I mean you, you obviously want to sound like a, the kind of politicians that people like rather than the kind of politicians <laughs> that people don't like you know it does it does give you a certain respect for politicians I have to say um, uh, because they get asked a, a lot of very difficult questions and if they give the answers which we want them to give, they will get themselves and their whole party or team, as they sometimes refer to it, as in an awful lot of trouble. Yeah. So you can diss politicians for a lot of things, but sometimes the discipline to which they stick to their message, although it's probably not what we want to hear all the time, has to be admired. So you've done the TV producing, you've, you've attempted to get into sing-songwriting, what made you decide to make the transition to launching a company that helps people with their marketing? Yeah, so I'm running a company now called called BuzzRamp, which is um, buzzramp.com. And it's, it's helping smaller businesses, um, those really just getting started who haven't got the money to run uh, to hire a marketing agency um, and are trying to do marketing themselves. It helps them do their marketing in a way which is as effective as it, as it possibly can. So mm-hmm. I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about that later. Um, but how I got there 
was through the media training company that I run. And I created an, an online media training uh, e-learning course, mm-hmm. um, uh, which I now give as part of the sort of uh, media training package to, to large businesses. Yeah. And it struck me on a trip to Addis Ababa, as it happens, if you can imagine me um, in the sort of misty mountains of Ethiopia, it struck me that maybe I could sell this course not only to these large businesses, um, but to small businesses, because mm. I thought perhaps there might be people who are looking to go on the television and radio and who need a bit of preparation, mm-hmm. but can't afford a media trainer like me. So mm-hmm. Unfortunately, it's quite expensive. I tried to sell it to some small businesses and it didn't work at all. I then talked to them and tried to find out why. And they said, well, you know, appearing on television and radio is all very well, but it's quite a sort of long way down the list of um, things that we think are achievable. It's not something that is really important right now. What would be much more uh, important and what I'd really like to know about is how I can just apply the sort of basics of uh, social media and the basics of PR to my business um, because I'm trying and failing to do that. And then I sort of looked into it a little bit further and then realized the sort of the two big problems in terms of those companies who are kind of bootstrapping effectively or, you know, don't have the budget to hire a marketing agency is they, they're sort of time poor and cash poor, essentially. They don't get, even though marketing is something they realize they need to do, they don't get around to it um, because something always comes up which seems like a bigger priority, or ideally they would like to outsource it, but they can't afford it. So it sort of got me thinking it's a bit like going to the gym, really. All of us would probably like to have better bodies than we do and be fitter than we are. Um, I know I would, and I've got a gym membership, but I very rarely actually get to the gym Mm. because I don't particularly enjoy it. However, there are apps and platforms that you can buy or download which help with a kind of schedule and give you a workout guide, which means that you don't have to hire a personal trainer, but you can get some kind of personalized experience in order to encourage you to visit the gym on a more regular basis so in essence that's what i've created with buzzramp it's a a platform where you can go uh, sign up and put in the type of marketing that you you need help with or if you don't know there's various kind of marketing recipes we've called it which can you can just press a button and you get assigned a kind of program of tasks to do And then um, there's a a time slider, which you can set to the number of hours a week that you have available for marketing. And during my market research, most of the small businesses that I spoke to said they had a sort of maximum of four hours a week that they were prepared to put into marketing. So it's really optimized around sort of, you know, one to eight hours a week um, of time that people can put in. And if you set your slider to say four hours a week, you will get the best possible way of spending that four hours um, in terms of uh, some tasks which are assigned to you. And if you don't have time to even do that, but you have got a bit of spare cash, you can hit a button and outsource those tasks to a professional who will take care of it for you. 
So you, you can spend a little bit of money if you want, but not as much as you would if you were hiring an agency on a regular basis. Yeah, Pete, this fits exactly with one of my mantras. And one of my mantras always is assume your customer knows nothing. And I think it doesn't matter whichever industry you work in, it could be TV, it could be car mechanics, florists, whatever it is, there is that assumption that your customer knows a hell of a lot more than they actually do. And I guess as marketers, um, and any marketer out there would probably agree with you, your assumption is people are going to want to dive into getting an agency to do them a big ad campaign or a brand exercise or produce videos or produce content or whatever it is. But a lot of the time, there's a lot of companies out there don't even have a decent website. You know, they may be driving around in a van which hasn't got their name on the side of it if, if, if they're a mobile company like that. And sometimes Ooh. we assume that people will already be at a certain level in their marketing. And, and quite honestly, that's not the case. There'll be some people out there who have got no time and, as you say, little budget at all. And, and you, you have to, there has to be a way of providing the service at the very basic level and then then all the way up to the you know the higher um, agency interactions that people might get once they've got into it and once they've got more time and once they've got a bit more money to spend exactly i mean i i think where this idea fits in is yeah but sort of floating between the people who are, are doing it themselves and not having much success and at the other end um, having the ability to hire an agency. And if someone goes on BuzzRamp and, and builds up their social media, has a few hits with uh, PR and gets to the point where they're having a bit more success with their business and then can hire a media, a, a, an agency at the other end for marketing or PR, that's a great success story for us. And, and that's exactly what I want to happen so I, I don't want to take the place of um, marketing agencies or PR agencies, but I do firmly believe there is a sort of space in the middle where we can accelerate that journey from not knowing much to doing a really good job uh, of it yourself and then hopefully being in a position to have the extra revenue to hire an agency. And have you found it? easy to get that point across that you you you're effectively doing a completely different model to what most people are used to it's almost like a a subscription marketing service isn't it yeah i think like with anything brand new it's going to take a little bit of time to get that message across i mean we we work in the messaging uh, business so i hope that will take a little bit less time than it might do for another new product but um, there is a certain amount of education, I think, that um, is, is going to come with this project. And um, that's definitely a challenge, but one that I'm going to embrace. Where does the name BuzzRamp come from? I had about 100 post-its on the wall in my kitchen at home, which all had sort of suffixes and, I don't is it anti-fix? I don't know what the, the, the word for the second... Uh, part of a word is because um, as many people listening to this podcast I'm sure will know now that um, buying different domain names uh, if it has any kind of popular term in it can get extremely expensive yeah and um, I was looking for different types of domain names for this project and every time I thought oh that's a good idea I'd check out the domain and it would be ten thousand pounds to buy or you know five that something in that sort of level mm. and originally this this project was just going to focus on pr and i had the the idea to call it pr coach and um i had a domain pr coach 
.co, I think it was, but I wanted the .com and the person said, yes, I'll sell you the .com for 50 grand. So it's like, well, that's sort of, um, you know, a massive part of my budget gone. So anyway, um, going back to that sort of uh, post-it uh, wall in my kitchen, I put just loads of different words uh, on two sides of this wall and tried every single combination between the two until I found a, uh, a name that sounded like it was going to improve your marketing, but also didn't cost very much. And I think the, the domain ended up costing me a fiver. So I'm <laughs> pleased with that result. Basically a sort of cost-saving exercise, but I'm, I'm pleased with the, with the way that it sounds. I think, it's, I think it sums up what um, the service will do for you. That's yeah, it's sort of ramping up your buzz. Yeah, people ramp up their marketing, don't they? Ramp up their sales, ramp up their activity. I think it fits quite well. And of course, Buzz has got that sort of modern connotation as well. And people might associate it with BuzzFeed as well, I suppose. What would you say was the the biggest challenge you faced trying to get BuzzRamp off the ground? The, the, the sort of the biggest mistake I think we've made so far uh, was not creating enough of an audience before we launched. Mm-hmm. And this is a real kind of marketing 101, really, that I would often talk about to uh, to people who were launching their own products. So please, you know, you've got to you've got to try and get people interested. So when you launch, you're already sort of preaching to the converted, and you can get trials going. This is my first foray into the software world, and I found that a challenging place to be mm-hmm. in terms of I don't speak the language, uh, <laughs> quite literally, of developers. And I found myself getting so uh, sidetracked and distracted by building the platform and making sure it was right. My efforts in terms of building up an audience alongside it um, fell, to the way, fell to the wayside slightly. And um, I think that's my sort of biggest regret so far in, in how it's all gone, because we've got to the stage where the product is now live and we are getting people signing up and starting to use it. Really, it would have been nicer to have had a lot more people to talk to when we first started. But that's okay. You know, it just gives us a chance to now put all of our advice and tutorials and services which are available on the website into practice in real time effectively and kind of do this meta project of marketing a marketing product yes uh, and being our own proof that's a good thing ultimately i think <laughs> and 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 pete what would you say was the one big thing that you'd like the listeners of the marketing and finance podcast to take away from the experiences that you've had building buzzramp so far i think it's definitely to just concentrate on one platform for marketing yourselves and doing that to the very best of your abilities. Um, I think it's fine to be across different social media platforms, but if you are a solo entrepreneur or you're in a small team of less than five people, I think it's all about choosing the platform that contains most of the people in your target audience where your target audience are hanging out in marketing parlance and just getting very, very good at being on that one platform. Too often, I think people spread themselves too thinly and get excited about the latest developments on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook or 
Snapchat or Medium or whatever the latest, greatest thing um, is that's coming along and getting all of the attention, they're not then able to really put their message across on a consistent basis. And I think consistency as well as quality is absolutely key. So if you can stick on one platform and really, really do that well, you'll stand out so much better. That is such good advice, Pete, and I absolutely agree with it. And again, I think it's one of the downsides of this fabulous digital world that we live in today is that there is so much stuff out there. And if you're like me, you know, I have shiny toy syndrome. I want to dive in and start using all of these great pieces of tech. But you're absolutely right. You've got to stick with the places that your customers are hanging out. And if you stick with the places your customers are hanging out and you talk to them in simple language and you explain your offering to them in simple terms, then you are going to engage them. And ultimately, that's going to bring you in business. And and that's what you want, obviously. And if you spread yourself too thinly and you go and places where your customers aren't hanging out, then it's just a complete and utter waste of time. We've had a lot of really interesting stuff to talk about today, Pete. And looking beyond your own business, is there a piece of marketing that another company's done? It could be an ad campaign or it could be a product or something that's caught your attention recently and made you think, wow, I really like the look of that. Yeah, I actually saw an ad, a campaign for Greg's today. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't know whether you, you've caught this. It, it, it's a campaign where they go to a, a foodie uh, show and they rebrand themselves as Gregory and Gregory in this sort of like upmarket um, kind of very uh, classy gray uh, branding. And they have this stool as Gregory and Gregory and then they just have the Greg's products of their, their new summer menu but they're all tasted by these sort of great foodies who come across and say, oh, yeah, I love the zing coming out of that wrap and <laughs> fantastic uh, salad dressing on that. Where, you know, who are you guys? And then they do this big reveal where they turn the Gregory and Gregory sign around and it's Greg's instead. And I love a, a good publicity stunt like that. Um, and I'm, I'm trying to think of one for BuzzRamp at the moment. There's a possibility that we might sort of give away free uh, lifetime subscriptions to anybody who has the initials PR, but I'm working on it because I'd love to do something like that, that sort of uh, Gregory and Gregory sort of big reveal, because it really um, does make you sit up and notice that, uh, you know, someone is, is doing something exciting and funny. Um, so that's a big favorite of mine at the moment ticks all the right boxes doesn't it as you say it's a simple idea it's quirky and it's funny and it absolutely fits with what you would expect from greg's as well as their fabulous sticky toffee pudding muffins they are absolutely <laughs> heavenly absolutely love them awesome and pete have you read a good business book recently that you'd like to share with the listeners of the show I, I'm a big fan of a book called Contagious by Jonah Berger. It's, it's, a, it's a sort of um, famous marketing book. I'm, I'm sure you, you know of it yourself. But again, it's fantastic for anybody who wants to sort of learn about what makes things go viral. And it talks about a lot of different publicity stunts um, and why they really worked. And also, interesting why publicity stunts don't work yeah. as well, um, which... Um, you know, is often the case. There's a great example in that book of um, someone who uh, dives off. I think it's a software company, and they they um, they got on the diving board at the Olympics with their T-shirt on and, and dived into the the pool in front of the world, millions of people watching. 
And he sort of says, you know, uh, why didn't that publicity stunt work? Because it never it didn't really break through. And it just didn't have anything within the imagery of that um, publicity stunt. It was, there was nothing to do with their company in the first place. So the Greg's one works well because it's all about their food and, you know, also sort of slightly taking the mickey out of posh people, which would resonate probably <laughs> quite well with, with people who normally go to Greg's. I'm probably slightly uh, patronizing people there, but I hope not too much. Um, but um, certainly sort of playing with the perception of their, their audience. And um, I, yeah, so it's all about making sure that, you know, your marketing in whatever kind of area it is always makes people think of the core products that you're you're pushing that's fantastic pete you've shared so many interesting insights today and we've 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 covered so much ground tv production singer songwriter moving into this fascinating subscription marketing service that you've built for your customers i'm hoping that people listening to the podcast and want to get in touch with you so what is the best way that people should connect with you well, we're across uh, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at BuzzRamp, B-U-Z-Z-R-A-M-P. The dream scenario, if anybody's listening and they, they want to find out more about BuzzRamp, there is a free trial. You can go along to buzzramp.com and sign up for seven days and play around with it, see if it's for you. Tell your friends. That would be nice as well. <laughs> Thanks very much for coming on the show, Pete. It's been great to talk to you. Really enjoyed the conversation. Let me wish you every success for the future and hopefully our paths will cross in Hackney Wick or Edinburgh at some point in the future. Thank you so much. It's been a great pleasure. Thanks for listening to the Marketing and Finance Podcast. Do please look at the show notes at rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash MAF for links to the apps and topics and books we discussed. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review on iTunes. Simply visit rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash iTunes and leave a review. I'll catch you on the next episode. In the meantime, keep marketing your business to keep growing your business.